Really glad and thank you for joining us live here on uh, Zion's website. We want to welcome you to worship a little something like this.
Amen, church. Amen. Amen. The scripture reading will come from Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. We're going to go down to the 8th verse. Galatians chapter 4, starting at verse 8. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Galatians 4 and verse 8. And it reads, Before you Gentiles knew God, you were slaves to so-called gods that do not even exist. So now that you know God, or should I say, now that God knows you, why do you want to go back again and become slaves once more to the weak and useless spiritual principles of this world? You are trying to earn favor with God by observing certain days or months or seasons or years. I fear for you. Perhaps all my hard work with you was for nothing. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Let us pray. Gracious Father, Lord, we are grateful. For one more time in your presence, we thank you, Lord, for the reading of your scripture. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we're able to bless your holy name through music and through song. And now, God, as we prepare to hear a word from you, O God, awaken us through your spirit and through the illumination of your word. That, Lord, that we might see Jesus and have your word hidden in our heart that we might not sin against you. Speak now, Lord, your servants are listening. Have thine own way, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning right where you are. Those who join us live uh, right where you are as well. Thank you. As we continue on in our study going through the letter of Galatians, we now find ourselves uh, in the fourth chapter, um, verses 8 um, through 11. Uh, we were looking in this text now. Paul is closing up. Um, his, his letter, his plea, plea to them in the opening up and getting more into the meat uh, into this letter we're going to unpack in the following uh, chapters. But I want to talk about today, if you look at verses 8 through 11, as Pastor Price already read before us, is about how we are beloved by God. Uh, love is given from God and not earned. We do not live to be loved, but we live because we are loved. Some people are afraid to be loved because they do not want people to know them. Because to know them is to know their issues, their secrets, their blemishes, their faults, their problems, and other things they may try to hide. People push people away for this reason so that people will not get close enough to know who they really are. Because in the back of their mind, they are afraid of being rejected for simply being themselves. We live in a world where people try to hide themselves through different ways. Before, I I didn't know about this until now, about using filters. People would take pictures through social devices using a filter to smooth out the face. 
to make them look younger than they really are, or some cases using deep fakes to make them look like somebody else they totally are not. With social media online and dating apps and other ways of people trying to find connections and relationships, we've seen the progression of deception. From being catfished, you know, that's when someone says they're somebody but they don't exist. That's catfish. There's a TV show about that because it was so big about people being catfish, having long-term relationships with somebody who does not exist. Somebody goes through the issue of making up a made-up ID identity, getting Photoshopped uh, pictures up, and saying this is this person in a long-distance relationship. And then when the person finally wants to meet them, they find out they've been catfish. Or people just Photoshop. They, they put another photo up that's not them just to get a date with somebody. And that people show up today is like, that's not the person in the picture. Filters. Making a face look different than what it really looks like. And all together, playing out simple, just lying. Facades of total different identity, making things up to make yourself look good, sound good, and even feel good. All this is done just for somebody to like you, to follow you, to subscribe to you, and to promote you. But yet, it is all vanity. Doing these things for people to like you is only making you, setting you up for failure because they'll like you today, they won't like you tomorrow. Vanity in the sense that it is an excessive of our own pride and also is vanity in showing that yet we are lacking true value and purpose because we're going on what other people tell us who we are. But yet, if you know the truth, you know that God created you. For great things. He created you first. And he made you good. So stop fishing for other people to like you for who God already made you to be. Stop changing for other people who are all in the end won't like you because you changed and not were yourself. It's good to be authentic. It's good to be authentic. Don't get yourself set up trying to look what other people call to be beauty. Because they define beauty based on what they think what beauty looks like. Your hair may not be good enough. Your lips may not be good enough. Your nose may not be good enough. Based on who? Based on what? Because you said so? But did not God make us this way? And so if God made us this way, what's the problem with you and you not God? So again, let us remind ourselves how he loves us and how he knows us. Look what uh, Paul brings out to them in verses 8. And a nine, he says to them, before you Gentiles knew God, you were slaves to so-called gods that do not even exist. So now that you know God, or should I say, now that God knows you, why do you want to go back again and become slaves once more to the weak and useless uh, spiritual principles of this world. So think about it. God knows you. So since God knows you, think about before you knew God, how did you live? There should be a shift or a change in our lives now that we know God. We in the Christian kingdom, right? We, you play the acronym, right? My BC days. Uh, before Christ. Uh, before Christ, I, I lived all kinds of ways. I did things to satisfy myself. But yet, now that I've been born again in my B.A. days, 
I, I also have a different perspective, a different life. There should be a change in my life. Life should change now that I trust the Lord more than I trust myself. When we did not know God and did not know better, we did not live to glorify him, but we lived to satisfy our own pride, vanity, and selfish, uh, evil desires. We were seeking ways to gain acceptance from people who did not love us and eventually would hurt us and abuse us, betray us, and oftentimes abandon us. Some of us might be familiar with the same people that would lift you up on their shoulders or the same ones that carry you out to your grave. We understand that how you did one thing for people to like you, but all the time they were laughing at you. They weren't laughing with you. Be mindful how you do so much for somebody just for them to like you, to find out that they took you as long as you had something to give, but once you were empty, they were done with you too. We've been slaves to people like this. Slaves to being liked and being accepted by someone else. We are desperate for someone to like us. We, we did see it now with so many of our children being cyberbullied and suffering issues because they just want to be liked. And so someone says there's one thing negative about them. The whole life is crushed. And that's why we have to pour so much love into these children, let them know that you don't have to do this to earn my love. I already love you. But when you're a slave to having to change my appearance, a slave to have to meet somebody else's vision of beauty, then I'm going to do things that might hurt my body just to meet your schedule. That's why we see children suffering and young and adults suffering from doing all kinds of things to their body just for somebody to like them for their appearance. When you are beautiful just the way you are. God created you good. You ought to remind yourself, I am good because God made me. We should not be a slave to satisfying our own fleeing gratification. Being slaves to gods that do not even exist, which means that we're being slaves to gods that man created. We have created some idols. We have created different things that we have made greater and bigger than who we are, but they just like us, fallible and in need of, of a true living God. And we create things that don't love us. They don't have ears to hear. They don't have eyes to see. They don't have hands to help. And yet we love them, but they never love us back. But yet the gospel that Paul is proclaiming to the church in Galatia, letting them know that for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. This love that showed them that there's someone who loved you so much he died so that you can live. Uh, he loved you so much that he gave up his life so that you don't have to suffer death, penalty, and punishment in hell. He loved you so much that he came in a slave and to die on the cross and became the curse so you won't become the curse so that you can have the blessing of the eternal inheritance in Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the God, the Son, this perfect love. So now that you know God, to know God is to know that he loves you. Perfect love from a perfect God. First John 4, 17 and 18 says, and as we live in God, our, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. 
And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. And so verse 19 goes on saying, we love each other because he loved us first. And, and first John, what he's pointing out here is that you are showing how great God is by how you love one another. Because it goes on to say, how can you say you love a God whom you don't see, but hate your brother whom you do see? So he's pointing out to us that if we know God, we know what love looks like. Love is not based on the skin condition or what you can give me, but love is based on because God has made you. We know love because God shows us what love looks like. We live in a world now where people use love for all kinds of things. We, we, love, we love our favorite food. We love going on a destination for vacation. We love our automobile. and We love all kinds of stuff that don't love us back. We'll spend all quality time with these things that cannot give us anything back. But yet God says he loves us and he gives us. God's love never fails. And because he loves us, he shows us his love and kindness is unfailing. And so I want to think about this for a moment again, but that we are beloved by God. We don't have to do anything to get God's love. He's already given it to us. So stop trying to make somebody like you who doesn't like you. Y'all don't hear me. We ought to do what who loves us has already called us to do. And so when God says that you ought to be kind and gentle to one another, it's, it may be difficult because it might be the same person you want to like you that don't like you. But yet God is saying that I'm calling you to be above that. See, we are different than the world. The world is all about what can you do for me. But God is like, what can I do for you? Jesus says the greatest is the least, is the servant of all. And so if we're going to be like Jesus, we got to learn how to serve and be obedient to one another. And the way to do that is out of love of who God is. And so when you think about how he loves you, let's look at some psalms. I'm going to read some psalms to us this, that has this, uh, depending on which translation you have, the New Living Translation says uh, his unfailing love. Some have his loving kindness um, in these psalms. Psalm 23 and 6 is surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Y'all know that song. Psalm 25, 6 and 7. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and unfailing love, which you have shown from long ages past. Do not remember the rebellious sin of my youth, uh, my BC days. Remember me in the light of your unfailing love, my born again days. For you are merciful, O Lord. Psalm 36 and 7. How precious is your unfailing love, O oh God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. God's faithfulness and his love is our source and our power to walk in confidence in his grace. And that's why we, that's just a few of the psalms. Y'all go through about 50 psalms that have his unfailing love, his loving kindness, because it's a constant characteristic of who God is. And because of this constant characteristic of how God loves us and cares for us, that's why the same author, Paul, of this letter of Galatians was able to write this in Romans 8 and 1 and 2. So now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. See, 
when you understand how much he loves you and he has delivered you, Jesus says, who the Son sets free is free indeed. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, Paul writes, there is liberty to know that I'm no longer a slave, but I'm a child of God. Right? We read that earlier in Galatians, right? It says, no longer a, a slave, but we are a child of God. Therefore, we are a child of God. We are an heir, a co-heir with Christ, with God. So stop walking and living in a slave mentality, but start walking in the power of the Spirit that God has given us through our faith in our, in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But the struggle that we have in walking in his love is that some of us have not learned to love ourselves. Because we're not satisfied with our lives. We are disappointed to where we are. We're not happy in our lives. We, we compare ourselves to other people. And we know the, the same right, we're running this rat race, but even if you win the race, right, you're still a rat. Uh, you, you, so you, you can run the rat race, but you're still going to be a rat at the end. You're trying to keep up with the Joneses, but the Joneses become the Johnsons. You're always going to fall behind. So whatever you're trying to do, it's going to shift or it's going to change on you. But God's love never fails. And so when you understand that my God loves me just as I am, think about it for a moment. Before you did, before you even knew your name, he loves you. Before you even knew who you were, he loves you. Because he has loved you before you even knew you existed because he made you. So when you can love yourself and know that God loves you warts and all, you're good. But sometimes we allow our own shame, our own guilt, our own miscomings uh, allow to hinder us and block us from letting people love us. We tell people we're not worthy of their love, so we push them away, we we shelter them. We hold them out. We don't let them in because we don't want to be open. We don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to let them in because we feel once we let them in, we let them see who we really are, that that's when we will be rejected, we'll be neglected, and we'll be abandoned. But yet what we find out that our God said, just come. Come. I already know your issues. I already know your problem. That's why I've died. I know you can't fix it. You're still trying to fix it, but I know you can't fix it. So come to me. Come so I can wash you. Make you wide as snow and love on you and empower you and encourage you to walk in the obedience of my spirit. So you do not need to walk with your head down, but walk with your head up and look up to the hills in which cometh our help. And our help coming from the Lord. Remind yourself of how great his love is by blessing his name. Each and every day you wake up and say, thank you, Lord, for one more day. Thank you for your brand new grace and mercy. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Remind yourself how he loves you. Another way to write is read his love letter to you. Open up the Bible and read to him how he loves you. Read how he sent his son to die on the cross so that you can have eternal life. Read how he's coming back again for you, that you're not abandoned. You're not left alone. You're not all by yourself. But he sent you the paraclete, the, the Holy Spirit, to be by your side, to speak to you, to in encourage you so when others people walk away from you know that he can be present in your life stop trying to earn favor Galatians 4 and 10 says it right you are trying to earn favor with God by observing certain days or months or seasons or years Paul was pointing out to them that they're trying to still observe the calendar months of the Judaism calendar saying that if I do this I'm going to work my way uh, into heaven and what it's saying is that we are going through the motions, but our hearts are far from God. 
A lot of people can do that. I, I, and I know this because when we are moving in a ritualistic aspiration that we are no longer trying to do it out of the goodness of our heart, but we just want to get the job done. And some of us have worked with people that show up just to get the job done. The, the energy is not good. The synergy is not good. The attitude is not good. But they showed up on time for work. But you're like, I wish you didn't. Because I'd rather have somebody with energy. Somebody that likes being here, not someone who's just here, and let you know, I'm just here for the paycheck. Yeah, I know. But when you have somebody that's here to love you, to serve you, to care for you, that looks about you, that's not just going through the most, that's what God is after. He's not after for you to show up into the church and say, I've got perfect attendance. The Bible makes it clear that Jesus says that they honor me with their lips, with their hearts, are far from me. we got to be open and say, Lord, here I am. Have thine over, I give all myself to you, to be loved as I am. And if I don't like the way I am, thank you, God, for showing me that I can be, I can change, that I can turn away from this wickedness. Do y'all see that there? It says, why do we keep on? <laughs> so why, why do you keep on living this way? We should turn. We should repent. We should have a change of life, a change of attitude. When we think about how great our God is for us. So we live in love. We live in love. We don't live to be loved. We live in love because we're already loved. There's a difference. How can you earn God's love? God has loved you before you knew yourself. God's love for you is already present, and we become fully aware of this great love once we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. This great gospel message helps us to further understand how great is his love towards us. So you are trying to earn favor in other ways by trying to do these things or also you're trying to serve other gods that do not exist. Why are you still going in that wrong direction? Turn back to God. Serve him. Look again at verse 8. It says, what more the scriptures look, I'm sorry, uh, before you Gentiles knew God, you were so, uh, slaves to so-called gods and, that do not even exist. So now that you know God, or should I say, now that God knows you, why do you want to go back again and become slaves once more to the weak and useless spiritual principles or elements of this world? Uh, be mindful that you are what you worship. You are what you love. We heard the saying, right, you are what you eat, right? You eat unhealthy, you're going to be unhealthy. Well, same thing. What you love is what you're going to be. And so if I love him, then I would desire to worship him. I would desire to serve him. I would desire to know him. But when I love myself, I'm going to do the things to satisfy myself. I'm going to do the things that make me feel good and then wondering why do I feel empty? Why do I feel vain? Why do I feel so helpful is that I did all these things for people to like me, but nobody likes me. It's a true thing about how oftentimes you're doing things and people are laughing and you think they're laughing with you, but you know they're really just laughing at you. When you're doing things that you want people to like you and they will like you and they subscribe to you, but yet all you got to do is one thing and they will drop you. Don't do things just to make people, because sometimes you don't know where the line is blurred. The lines get blurred in society, right? One day it's acceptable. The other day it's not acceptable. One day it's okay. The other day it's not okay, but yet God is always right. Tell me where it's wrong to love your neighbor. <laughs> Tell me where it's wrong to forgive. 
Tell me when it's wrong to turn the other cheek. Tell me when it's wrong to go the extra mile. Tell me when it's wrong for you to lay down your life for another. See, when you look at the Bible's principle, you're going to find out that this is good every day. So I, I, I might as well do the things that bring glory and honor to my God and the things that is popular today in social media. Because they will change with a flick of an eye. We just All you got to do is look on the news. What was good last week is not good this week. It's all it takes. Just for the one person to say it's not good, they say, I agree with that person. It's not good. It was good last week, but now I've changed my mind. It's not good this week. But yet God is the same today as he was yesterday. He will be tomorrow. And so we understand how great God's love is towards us. And so we ought to worship and we ought to seek him and he should be our audience of pleasure. We should make him our pleasure. We should desire to please him and honor him and find how he will be our joy. He will be our peace. So come and behold the love of God. Desire to be in the presence of the one who loves you. Stop working to be loved. But now work because you are loved. Think about this for a moment. A child is playing the game his father wants him to play. And the child is doing his best, but his best is not good enough. So the child comes back to dad, head bowed down, and saying, Dad, I didn't play good today. I'll let you down. Father looked down at the child and says that you did your best is all I can ask for. And child smiles on himself and gives dad a hug. Because child thought he was playing to get dad's affection. But dad reminded him, you already have my affection. You out there, whether you succeed or not, did not matter to me. It was not going to change how I love you. Compared to those children that come back and you see that parent yelling at that kid because they didn't do good enough. That child is feeling like I'm not loved enough because what I did out there mattered more than me being here in your prayer. I want you to understand here something about how God loves us. That he loves us so much that nothing you can do can move away his love. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And so when you can realize I'd rather just be in his presence. Psalm 27 and 4 says, this one thing I ask the Lord. This one thing I seek most. Is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And to delight delight in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. We should have that same desire to be in his presence and to be in his presence, basically to walk in his spirit and to walk in his spirit is basically be obedient to his will. So no longer am I living for myself, but I'm living for him. The one who died for me. The one who bled for me. The one who paid the price for me. The one who defeated death for me. The one that is seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding on my behalf. And the one is coming back for me. And so no longer is I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Galatians 2 and 20. See, that's why Paul got that there. So it's no longer I live, but it's Christ who lives in me, the one who died for me, the one who set me free. So now I'm understanding, stop living for this world, stop living for ritualistic issues, thinking that this is going to satisfy God with only Christ. Death. And resurrection paid our penalty and satisfied God. And now by faith, we know God's grace and his mercy and fully understand how great his love is for us.
So I encourage you to know the love of God by surrendering to him today, by submitting to him today. Stop trying to please other people who will never be satisfied with you. But do what God has called you and watch this. God will guide you to the people that are like you that want to be like him. And those are the people that will encourage you and make you feel better about yourself, not less than yourself. Those are the ones that help you to experience the fullness of God's love. And we welcome you to know that by calling on Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you don't know him. We welcome you to join and to find that by joining a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, teaching church that expressing the love of Christ and know that you are beloved by God because he loves you unconditionally. His love never fails. And you are good because God says you are good. Your value is not based on what this world has because this is going to be destroyed. But your value is based on your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then you find you are righteous. You are justified because God says you are in Jesus Christ. Let us pray. God, we are grateful for how great is your love towards us. God, forgive us for times that we've made it about ourselves and we seek after things that have been fleeting and vain and vain. But Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness as we confess our sins to you. And Lord, if there's someone out there who does not know Jesus Christ as a person, Lord, and say, Lord, I pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God, that they believe you, you rose him from the grave and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Father, we thank you all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, Father, we pray that they can find a church to disciple them, to grow them, to baptize them, and welcome them into this fellowship. Now, Father, as we continue on to this journey, we ask you to bless us, keep us, and sustain us until we meet again. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us live. You can, can give online through our app. Uh, continue to like, subscribe our Facebook and YouTube, and join us on Zion's website. You can download the app there. And, and uh, next Sunday, uh, Zion uh, will not be here at Zion, but August 29th we'll be worshiping uh, with Metamore Mennonite Church. Uh, so we'll be in Metamore. So thank you all so much. God bless you and keep you until we meet again.